0: Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week... We heard Jesus say, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. And it seems like the lectionary committee has decided that we're getting more talk about money today in our readings. All three of our readings today are about money. So a big point of those three readings today, if you give them a a reading, is that everything you have is a gift given to you by God. Well, but in our gospel reading, we have the well known story of the rich man and Lazarus. This morning, it's like Jesus is holding a mirror
1: before our eyes and he's asking us, which of these two men are you? Are you the rich man or are you Lazarus? The story tells us a simple idea, and we're going
0: to expound on it. It tells us that the way you live your life today, it reflects not only what you believe, but it also echoes into eternity. So Jesus tells this frightening story about a rich man who had everything and a poor man who had nothing. Now, which of those two would you want to be? Oh, come on. You all want to be the rich man. Notice first what the rich man's wearing. Purple cloth in the ancient world was very costly. Only the truly wealthy can wear purple. And this man wears it every day. Wouldn't you want to do that? Oh, come on. Imagine every day you get to wear Armani suits. Perfectly tailored or gorgeous ball gowns every day. Wouldn't you want that? And he feasted sumptuously every day, banquets every day. Every day is a party for this guy. He probably had servants waiting on his hands and feet. Every need, he had a Rolls Royce in the garage, a Ferrari for the weekends, the finest cooked meats to perfection, the best aged wines out of his
1: endless cellar. Wouldn't you want to be him? Isn't that why we play the lottery? Isn't that why people
0: gamble? They want to be this guy or to have a piece of his pie. This self-indulgent rich man cared for nobody but himself. He wanted everybody to know just how rich he was. Every day, his desire to drive his gold-plated Cadillac overwhelmed him. He was in constant need to remind everybody of just how wealthy he was. And while he sat at his table, Lazarus lay by the locked gate at the end of his driveway. Isn't it interesting? Side note this is the only time in any of Jesus' parables that somebody's given a name Lazarus. Now, Lazarus could see the rich man. He could see him sitting there in his expensive clothes, sipping on the fine wines and eating the finest foods. He would have been happy to have just some crumbs that fall from that table. And this wealthy man, dressed to the nines, banqueting daily, also lived on an estate with a walled garden. And he would naturally keep and feed vicious guard dogs to protect his property. And these dogs were well fed, and Lazarus was not. And those dogs would go up to Lazarus and lick his source. Now dogs lick people out of affection. The rich man did nothing for Lazarus, but these guard dogs were supposed to attack strangers. They know that Lazarus is their friend, and they do what they can. The dogs showed Lazarus more compassion than this rich man did. Here's a question for you this morning as we pause and reflect on the story thus far. Did the rich man have
1: faith? he, He would have said he did. He probably went to synagogue every Sunday or every Saturday.
0: But he walked right by that poor beggar Lazarus and he did
1: absolutely nothing. What kind of faith is that? He proved that his own wealth and pleasure were his God's. Lazarus was faithful. His name means the one whom God has helped. So
0: though he, he had nothing on earth. He was full of confidence in the promises of God. He knew that one day God was going to help him. And so the day came when they both died. But in death, there was an unexpected reversal of fortunes. There are some very important things here that our text tells us. Number one, it tells you that death is not the end of your life. Number two, there is conscious existence after death. And number three, that there is a heaven and there is a hell. Now, Lazarus was too poor for a funeral, so the angels transported him to heaven and there. Abraham threw a welcome party for him. And in fact, Lazarus is the guest of honor at this party, and he gets a seat right next to Abraham at the table. When the rich man died, I'm sure that he had a very expensive funeral, and he, has a, and he had a very impressive tomb. Yet the rich man's failure to love God his failure to fear love and trust in God above all things, and his failure to love his neighbor as himself, did not go by unnoticed. God is not indifferent to the evils in this world. And so, the rich man finds himself in hell, enduring torment. See, everything's reversed. Lazarus is blessed, the rich man is cursed. Lazarus is comforted, the rich man is
1: tormented. The rich man... Pause there. Have you ever wondered why hell is eternal? Consider now the rich man's attitude.
0: The rich man now says what every single
1: beggar always says. Father Abraham, have mercy on me. We just said that in our liturgy.
0: The rich man is now in pain, and something must be done about it immediately. Instead of an apology, what does he want? He demands services, services from the very
1: man he refused to help. Send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue. The one who
0: had no mercy on the poor beggar at his gate, he now wants mercy. He wants Lazarus to bring him a drink, just like Lazarus was one of his servants filling a cup of wine. Even after death, this man cannot shake his sense of self-importance. It's like he said, well, now that Lazarus is feeling better and on his feet, I would like a few services. Unlike Lazarus, I'm not used to uh, discomfort. So send him down, Father Abraham. And And with a drink. Quick now. Not once does this rich man own up to his mistreatment of Lazarus. Not once does he repent. Not once does the rich man even talk to Lazarus. But he knows what? He knows his name. He knew his name was Lazarus. And that means that he knew who this guy was all along. He knew that he was sitting there at the end of his driveway, and
1: he did nothing.
0: Child, Abraham tells him, you received good things in your lifetime, and Lazarus bad, and now things are flipped. The rich man tries to bargain, but his bargaining days are over. He becomes mission-minded. He has five unbelieving brothers, and he's convinced that they're going to end up where he is. Send Lazarus to them. They'll be impressed with seeing Lazarus come back from the dead. That'll wake them up. Lazarus has gone from a cup boy. Now he's turned into an errand boy to serve uh, the, the rich man's brothers. There's no hint of repentance. There is no hint of apology. The rich man fails to get the point, even in hell. There is no change his attitudes have not changed at all because there is no repentance after death
1: brothers and sisters call upon god now now is your chance now is the acceptable time
0: abraham responds to the rich man he says your brothers have moses and the prophets they have the scriptures let them listen to the scriptures and what is his response to that? He dismisses it. No, the scriptures aren't enough. They need a miracle, they need Lazarus coming back from the dead. Then, then they'll then they'll listen. Even in hell, unbelievers despise the word, they don't think much of it, they don't believe it has the power to do what God says it does. And I'm sorry, this happens today. Many Christians don't believe that God's word. Is enough? Oh sure, Christians today might not admit that they might not say that right out, right? But that's what
1: comes to the surface when we hear Christians talking, preaching Christ crucified and
0: Him, and, and preaching Christ and Him crucified only. Oh, that's that's too boring. That's not a good enough. Reading the Bible, the Word of God. That's that's boring. That's too dull. It's not enough. Bible class. It's not not relevant to my life. Singing those old hymns that proclaim Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection. No, that's
1: that's not good enough. Father Abraham disagreed. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they
0: be convinced that someone should rise from the dead. The rich man was put in his place,
1: and so are we. We don't need miracles. We don't need God to show up. What God has said in the Bible is enough. Moses, the prophets, the
0: apostles, and the evangelists, that is enough. The scriptures are sufficient to give you salvation. No, they don't answer every question. They don't scratch every itch.
1: But if you listen to them, they will prevent you from going to where the rich man went. So, whether you're rich or poor
0: or somewhere in between, you and I all have sins which we need to repent of. We have all failed, every one of us, to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And we've all failed to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're all beggars, each one of us. We're Lazarus laying at the rich man's gate, no matter how rich we may think we are in this world. Do you have? friends, or loved ones who need the warning? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, not seeing, not touching, hearing. If you have loved ones who need to be warned, let them hear Moses and the prophets, the apostles and evangelists. What should you do if you think you're like the rich man? Abraham points the way. He tells you to listen to God's word. Take it to heart. Don't be like the rich man who refused to acknowledge his sins. Repent. But pastor, where's Jesus in all this? He's with Lazarus. He, Jesus was rich in eternal treasures. The son of God became poor, a beggar who borrowed everything. He borrowed his crib, the donkey, the cross, the tomb, all borrowed didn't even have a place to lay his head. The Lord of the universe, the eternal Son of God, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, took his place at the end of your driveway. Paul writes, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty,
1: might become rich. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, came down from heaven, descended to where you are to save you for your sake, to lift you up. He suffered
0: and died for your sins. Christ, the truly rich one, emptied himself for your sake. He suffered anguish and torment on the cross so that you would never experience such things he was covered with bloody stripes of the beating and the scourging so that you would never experience that they threw a scarlet robe on him in mockery they gave him a thorn of a, a crown of thorns on his head and then his clothes were stripped from him his hands his feet his side all nailed wounded for your transgressions and on that cross jesus cried out i thirst and
1: he died and he was buried he did that for you he saw you lying there helpless dying from your sins and he came to take you
0: and to bring you a place a home at the feast Yes, someone did rise from the dead, and it's Jesus. Jesus died, and he rose again, and now he's ascended into heaven, and that's where he lives forever. And it's because of him that you and I can receive help, help that we need, only the help that God can give. Christ has opened the kingdom of heaven to you. So the rich man, or poor Lazarus, which one would you rather be? At first glance, we may say that the rich man had it all over poor Lazarus, yet Lazarus had something better, and you have it too. You have Moses and the prophets, the apostles and evangelists too. How rich you are. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. So hear it this morning. Your sins are forgiven in Christ. Your death is destroyed. Hell has no power over you, since you are in Jesus. Brothers and sisters, you might not dine on the delicacies of this world's table, but this morning, you dine at the Lord's table, and his table is a foretaste of the feast to come. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at RevFenn, R E V F E N -N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.